This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. And welcome to episode 36 of What Did You Watch This Week? John, what is 36? Do it, do it. 36? I, I believe that that would be a triplet of Baker's Dozens. Yes, it would be. Absolutely. Kind of like the triplets in uh, This Is Us, except for, you know, less tragic. <laughs> Much less tragic. Again, my name is Mike. And again, my name is John. And, uh, John, let's talk about what we watched this week. All right. Um, start us out. Tell us about The Walking Dead. Uh, The Walking Dead was a hard episode to watch this week. It, it was very emotionally, uh, pressing. It, it was oppressive. Overall, um, it had to do, it, I don't know about you, Mike, but in my early life, I was bullied a lot, um, spent an awful lot of time with, uh, you know, the, there's, there's two different kinds of bullying, you know, there's the kind where the guy just comes up and starts wailing on you and beating on you, but then there's the other kind when it's the threat of bullying, you know, when they kind of come up and stand right over you. And yeah. get right in your face. And you know you can't do anything about it, but they just sit there and they, they tell you things, you know, they're like, I'm gonna kick your ass, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna and it's so fear inducing that you'd rather yeah. just have the beating. You That's know? what I experienced. I experienced that that verbal bullying yep. and that 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 hovering thing where if you did anything you're not standing up for yourself because they didn't actually hit you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's what I experienced. Yep. Yeah, well, that's what this entire episode was. And it was an extended episode. It was like an hour and a half long. Um, so basically, you, you think that the episode's starting off fine. Michonne sneaks off in the early hours of the morning. She takes a duffel bag and, and a rifle. And she's out in a field trying to teach herself to shoot. Because, you know, Michonne's always been cool with a sword. And everybody loves her for that. But nobody ever ta- thought to think, you know, can she shoot a gun? And the answer is no. No, she cannot. She was using a rifle with a scope, one single walker walking towards her, and she fired off like four or five shots and never hit him. So That's discouraging. Yeah, but it was it was kind of an interesting thing because you never thought about that. You're just like, Michonne's a badass. And now you're like, oh, wait, she is nothing without the sword. So she's practicing that, and you're like, okay, this is going to be an interesting episode. Nope. Very shortly thereafter, the saviors show up to collect and the entire episode is that. I mean, it goes right from, uh, you know, Negan walks in and the guy at the gate's like, who are you? And he goes, oh, I know you didn't just ask me that. You open this door now. And it's that kind of intimidation the entire time made it really, really hard to watch the episode and not feel sick to my stomach. Uh, he makes Rick follow around the entire time holding Lucille. You know, he hands him Lucille and says, follow me. And the entire episode, he makes Rick hold Lucille. So basically, 
Rick has the weapon in his hand that killed two of his people. He has Negan turning his back on him regularly, but he just can't do anything. And he even tells the people later on, he gathers them up, because they keep inventory of everything, especially the guns. And it turns out two pistols are missing, a 9mm and a thirty-eight. And Negan's like, well, what are we going to do about this? Either you're hiding guns on me, and I can't have that, or this woman here who keeps your inventory is terrible at her job, and I think she needs to be killed for it. So Rick gathers everybody up, and he's like, look, if you have the guns, we need to give them. And they're like, but we could hide guns. And he's like, no, this is it. This is how it is for now. For for the next several years, we work for these people. We are under them. It was scary to watch because, again. It makes me not want to watch it. Like, yeah. It, I went, this, this, hearing you talk about it, it's not enjoyable to me. It's like, why would anyone watch this? It, it was something that they've never had before in a villain. You know, they, uh, they were taking furniture out of their houses, especially the mattresses. You know, they took most of our mattresses. They only left a couple of them here and there. They didn't mention why they left a couple of them, but they took most of the mattresses. They took every gun. They took, uh, he says, we're not going to take some food because, you know, it's pretty slim pickings around here. You guys don't have anything. I don't know how you're going to live through the month. Um, they did eventually find the guns, handed them over. So he didn't have to kill that woman. But then Michonne shows up. And she's kind of like hiding off to the side and Rick goes right over and gets her. And he's like, give me the gun. I got to give it to them. And he's like, here, this was one that we didn't have in the logbook. We kept it out there for hunting. You know, he's become like the loyal little lap dog because, you know, Negan was there, but there were also maybe 40 or 50 saviors that we saw on screen. Daryl was one of them. And Rick, like, he went to talk to Daryl at one point. He's like, hey, you okay? And Negan stepped right in between him and he's like, you don't look at him. You don't talk to him, and I don't make you chop anything off of him. It was just really ridiculously oppressive. And the thing is, at the end of it all, like, after all that intimidation, all that fear, Michonne goes back out later on. She doesn't have a gun, but she goes back out to the same spot, and she notices something, and they won't show you what it is. So she starts running down the road, and she comes to a spot in the middle of the road where all their mattresses are dumped and set on fire. So they didn't even take them for themselves. They just took them because they could take them and then set them on fire so that they couldn't have them. See, even if they get theirs in the end, this is not anything I would want to watch because I, I couldn't sit down and gain pleasure out of watching it. I, I didn't. This was the first episode of this show that I've watched. I mean, I even watched that, you know, season premiere where you knew people were going to die. That was tough, you know, but it was still fine. This was the first episode that I've watched where it was turning my stomach because it was just the bullying. I don't know. Not enjoyable. Nope, not enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So, how about you switch it over to something more enjoyable? I will. I'm going to switch it over to Ash vs. Evil Dead. There you go. Now, this actually, this episode was completely different from every other episode. It was. Um, okay, first of all, those Ash is in an insane asylum, essentially. Yep. But I can't tell if this is all in his mind or if it's if he's just putting delusions in front of him. I feel like it's all in his mind, like he's trapped in his own brain with this. Yep. I, I've seen it happen a couple of times on other shows, and that's what it is, is that they're stuck inside their own brain. So I think yeah. that's where they're going here. Yeah, you know, the fact uh, that Chet was there. 
Kind of. Yeah. But essentially, um, Ball is trying to break him. Yep. And does so by the end of the episode. Yep. And, but along the way, we meet Ashy Slashy, a sock puppet. That's the that character is of the show. Awesome. I mean, seriously. It was awesome. Uh, it was on his hand instead of the chainsaw or the fake hand or whatever. And it was almost, you know, it's talking to him and it's like he doesn't have control over. It. I mean, it was great. I loved it. It was hilarious. And then one thing I also noticed is that when he was getting electroshock therapy, when it was cranked up all the way, it sounded like the demon wind from the, from the movies. Yes, it did. I caught that too, which, which I thought was super cool. But, um, I would say of every episode of this show, I'm not going to say this was my least favorite, but it was weak. It was the week. Yeah, it's it's a weak episode. Absolutely. Yep. I felt the Still same enjoyable, way. enjoyable, but weak. I, I felt the same way. Like I said, I've seen a couple of different shows. The two that came to mind as I was watching this were Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Charmed. Each one yep. of them did an episode where one of the main characters, Buffy or... Um, God, I can't, Piper, uh, were trapped inside their own head by yep. some demon who was convincing them that everything that they had done up to this point in their life was imagined, you know? Like in this case, Ash, you killed all those people and now you've been in a hospital and you made up everything about the Necronomicon and the Deadites and notice they never mention anything about him going back in time. They never talk well, about the old they, days. They don't have the rights to Ah, uh, I was wondering about that. Yeah, that was something that that's like back in the in the first season. Mm-hmm. I looked into it then, and what it is is you know, all three movies got released under three different houses, if you will. Gotcha. Uh, you know, uh, all the rights are owned by three different you know for the, the 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 distribution or whatever. And I heard in a podcast with Bruce Campbell on the Nerdist, I believe it was, basically. The rights to Army of Darkness are being held because of like essentially a pissing contest. Yep, that makes sense. Where they wanted the rights to something else, and I can't remember exactly what was said. Now I feel the need to look it up, but essentially, the only rights they have for any footage back in time is uh, from the end of the second one. Okay, and then that's Just why the he's. Yes. Well, no, because in the second one, he does go back in time. You know, they drop at the end of the second movie. He does drop down back then, and he has that one scene where he blasts the winged oh, dead right. eye. Yeah. And then he does the thing where he throws his arms in the air, so it's the image of him in the book that they saw earlier in the movie. I, it's, I have this fresh in my brain, like I've just seen. I haven't watched Evil Dead <laughs> two in a couple of years, you know. But I right. love these movies. Anyhow, um. So, yeah, uh, that's why uh, he didn't work at S-Smart in the first season because they don't have the rights to S-Smart. That was right. an army of darkness. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Was it you recently that was telling me that there was some person that played the hand? Yeah, Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. Okay, it was you then. Okay, yeah, yep. all right. Yeah, all right. Anyhow, so, yeah, continue on. It, it was – I think that of all those trapped inside your head episodes that I've seen before, this was the weakest as well. It, it's yeah. not that it was bad, like you said. It just was kind of weak. I mean, it was a 20 minute episode. It really, those kind of episodes need a full fleshing out. You know, we got to see Ruby, but Ruby was a nurse, but then she disappeared and it was a different nurse. And, um, Pablo was one of the, uh, 
orderlies and, um, God, what, what's her name? I keep forgetting her name. You forgot her name last week and now I'm forgetting her name. Um, the girl, Kelly, yeah. not Kelly. Um, yeah, there you go. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. She was a patient in there and yeah, Pablo was an orderly. Kelly was a patient. Um, Ruby was a nurse. Chet showed up at one point as another electroshock victim. Yeah. But yeah. The real star of this was definitely Ashy Slashy the puppet. And that's, that's been a Sam Raimi thing since the beginning. You know, first he was fighting with his hand. And then there was the, uh, the second head on his shoulder and the mini ashes and the evil double ash. And, you know, there's always seems to be like some other splinter of his psyche that he comes in a direct conflict with. And this one was less about conflict and more about getting along. They, they did some damage together, him and this ashy slashy puppet. Yeah, they did. And then at the end, they, you know, he was broken. They had him believing, you know, Ball had him believing what he wanted to believe. And yep. yeah, has yeah. to destroy so, the Necronomicon, which is Pablo. Exactly. Right. Because Pablo is now essentially the Necronomicon. So we'll, you know, we're recording this on Monday morning. I've had too much overtime and illness and this and that. So we didn't, we're not going to talk about last night's episode. Right. Uh, but I am really looking forward to watching it. I, my guess is that this next episode will be what was happening while he was stuck inside there because you notice. Uh, right that as, does make sense. Right yeah. as he was breaking at the end, he looked out the window and the Dodge pulled up and three people got out and they were getting stuff out of the trunk. So I believe that that's them mounting a rescue. You mean the Delta? The Delta, sorry. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, yes. Well, that's the other thing I was trying to figure out. Was that part of him being in his brain as well? I think so. Or was that legit though? I, sorry. Yeah. I think that that's legit. I think, I think legit. that he was taken away to like a, an old mental institute and everything else is kind of planted in his mind. That's, yeah. that's just my thought, but. Well, remember last week how we talked about, I, um, Wikipedia had that episode 11 listed, which was Ash versus Hank Hill and Mike Judge was writing it and this yeah. and that. It's been removed. Oh, really? So I'm guessing that was just some, some, Douchebag that put that in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but we still have, uh, three episodes left. Yep. Um, and, uh, 18, 19, and 20. So, my guess is you're right. We're gonna see this episode will be what happened while he was in the, in the asylum, and then we'll have two more episodes to try and finish up the season. And it's, it has been renewed for a third season. Yes. You know, I'll be honest, when initially, when they said they were doing a series instead of a movie, I was like, oh, come on, because I I was, you know what I mean? Yeah, some things tr- don't translate well over to a series versus a movie. Exactly. This is brilliant. Yeah, this does so, do yeah. very well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So my hope is season one, Blu-ray, super deal on Black Friday. Nice. So I can pick that up because – like you can go to Walmart and buy the DVD set for like twelve bucks or something. I mean, it's really affordable. But the Blu-ray is around thirty. Uh, that's yeah. crazy. I, I, you have you been noticing that lately? How Blu-rays seem to be retaining their high price? Honestly, I haven't priced a Blu-ray in probably months or a year. If you go like when they initially come out, I feel like the price is a little bit lower. But like any of the Marvel movies, basically the last couple years. Or like Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I mean, those are still up in the high 20s on Blu-ray. Hmm. Which usually they're, you know, much lower after a year or two. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And 
Uh, well, you know, I, I hadn't bought the Force Awakens yet, and I'm glad because they've just now released a collector's edition that has more bonus stuff. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah. I, so, uh, before we move on to the next show, I, yeah. I have to go back for just a second because I forgot one of the key things in Walking Dead. I, I know okay. it was tough to talk about, but this was one of the key moments. It was right at the end as everybody's pulling out giggity um you know they're getting ready to take their ill-gotten gains away negan walked up to rick to take lucille back and he leaned in real close and he goes now say those two words and everybody just kind of stood there and stared for a minute and then rick like stammers for a minute and he looks at him and he goes thank you and Negan starts laughing. He goes, see, there you go. This is going to be a great arrangement. And then he comes back in close and he goes, hey, do you realize what just happened? And pardon me for, you know, all of our squeamish listeners out there. But Negan gets right in close and he goes, I just slid my dick all the way down your throat and you thanked me for it. How about that? And then claps him on the shoulder, takes Lucille and gets in his vehicle and takes off. I mean, they're doing a great job making him a very deplorable, hateable character. Never before have I seen a villain that makes me feel like this. Yep. It it was brutal. It was really brutal. And for him to say that, he's just like, look, I did that. Yeah. So, sorry. I just, I remembered that part. It was in my notes. And I went, oh, I got to touch upon that. Yeah. (sighs) Yep. Well, anyway. So Westworld. So I believe I texted you last Monday, Westworld, holy shit. Yep. <laughs> After we finished watching it. And um, I'll just say it right now. You were right. You <laughs> called it weeks ago where you questioned is Bernard a host or a person mm-hmm. because he's the only person we're really getting any backstory on. Right. And um, I, I – what was it? Yeah. I was like, no, he's got to be a person. Da, 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 da. I, I didn't, I kind of disagreed, but, uh, you know, holy crap. Yeah. Right. I mean, uh, Teresa and Charlotte, Charlotte's the, uh, the board girl. Yeah. Try to get Ford ousted. And so they get Bernard fired by rigging a host to kill a quote unquote human. It was a host that, was programmed so that the host would see the human, the, the, the other host as human and kill them anyways. And yeah, basically um, they put Clementine in a lab with a yeah. technician who was a host, but he was, me- he was made to read as a human. So any host right. would look at him and say, Oh, he's a human. Yeah. And it was clear. I mean, like it was blatantly rigged. Oh, they're trying to say that the host had some, well, okay. I say it was blatantly rigged. It, this is actually happening. They just don't know what it is. But they made it up that it was happening. Like with Clementine remembered what happened, was holding a grudge. Right. And then wasn't listening to commands from the uh, like the police or whatever you want to call them, you know, the, the guards or security force. And so they shot her and killed her. Right. Then lobotomized her and stuck her in the meat locker. Um, but they definitely – I mean that was – even Bernard said to Teresa later, like that was so blatantly obviously, you know, your programmers are horrible and this and that. Um, but that, that that was fake is what he meant by. And so – but he wants to take her anyways and show her Ford's house hidden in the woods where his quote-unquote family lives. And 
I'm watching it with the wife and he, she brings it to the house and I'm just going like, this is, I, my thought was Bernard is bringing her to the house because she knows, he knows that the father will attack her and he doesn't obey the voice command. So he was luring Teresa there to be killed by that father. Right. That's what I thought was happening. Yeah. And they go in the house and there's no one there. And she goes, what's this door? And he goes, I don't see a door. Yep. And I'm going, I go, he's a host. He's a host. He's a host. And my wife's like, what do you mean? I'm like, he doesn't see the door. He's a host. And then, of course, you know, he goes in. And now it's one of those things like any movie, any TV show where they do the reveal. Now it is just blatantly obvious that this person is this type of person or, you know, it's blatantly obvious he's a host now because now you like his reactions and how he's acting and this and that are all questionable. Yep. You know, they get down in the basement, and she he he doesn't seem to understand. Like he can see it, but it's not. You can tell it's not computing, if you will. And right. uh, then Ford shows up, and oh no, she's showing him like because I'm like when she's looking at the diagrams, I go she's gonna see one of. I thought she was gonna see one of her and him, and then she shows him one of him. And he goes, doesn't look like anything to me. And I'm like, he's a host. And my wife's like, oh, my God. And then, of course, you know, Ford comes down, does the villain monologue, and then orders Bernard to kill her. Yep. And he does. So, Uh, yeah. Quite efficiently, too. Oh, yeah. Like, just basically drives her skull into the, the stone foundation, killing her. Yep. Nice big splat of blood on the wall. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. That, that was the, uh, that was pretty impressive. Um, yep. I have a feeling too that, you know, those machines were going down there and when they first got in there, they talked and they said, Oh, these are the old school machines that, you know, so Ford can basically, he's, he can build his own hosts down here. Right. I wonder if we're going to see a Teresa host. Oh yeah. That's exactly what I said to, to Kate. I was like, um, oh, they're, that machine right now is building a Teresa host. It could be a Teresa host or it could be a Charlotte host. Well, Charlotte's the board member. Right. And Wouldn't you rather you, see her? Like, well, they could explain <sighs> Teresa disappearing. But. See, it's Ford's monologue, though, that he, he cut. Basically, he said... Um, the board tries us every few years mm-hmm. and they went through you this time. They went, they, they, this, that's, this time they went through you as the sacrificial lamb, blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't think he's threatened by the board at all. Nope. And by hosting Teresa, now he'll get Teresa to do what she wants, which is go against the board. And yeah, I, I don't think he's even worried about the board in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I, so I don't think he needs to put a host in there to, um, because I feel like the host can't leave the grounds. Like well, they can't leave the building or the world. I think that there's something to that. Because remember that the whole reason that the, the board wanted Ford out, they could have just fired him. But it's the fact that he has all the info on, like, every bit of data from the 35 years of this operation. Yeah. He's hiding away. And Yes. And, uh, what's her name there? Kept telling Teresa, you know, we need you to get that information from Ford so that he yep. can't hold it over us. Yeah, it's and it's not the narratives or anything like that. Nope. It's basically the IT. Yes, it's the tech. And so, if they wanted that so badly, then it tells me that you know they're planning on doing something outside of the park as well. Right. Right. Well, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. But well, obviously, well, Maeve is trying to force 
Felix and um, Sylvester there, which uh, to oh yeah, get her out of the park. Yeah, because yeah, she sees what happens with Clementine. Yes, and uh, when Sylvester's going to lobotomize Clementine, he looks up and he sees Maeve and Felix there. He stops. Yeah, because he knows he he's afraid of her. He is. Well, they both are. Did you find it interesting too? I know that she got her stats jacked up last episode, but yeah. when the entire room froze and the cleaners came in to grab Clementine, she oh. was awake. Yep, I saw that too. Yeah, and, and she of did course, her best they, to pretend that she wasn't. But yeah, and they they tease that they're there to get her, of course. Yep, and um, you know, they, oh, she must have done something wrong if they t- had us take her in broad daylight. She hadn't done anything. They just rigged her programming. So yeah. now in the meantime, we got back to, um, uh, William and Dolores and their little ride on the train out into the, uh, into the middle of nowhere, basically. Yes. Yes. They're on the train. Yes. The, the train went into full armored mode, as I called it, because yes. they were worried about the confederales and sure enough, you know, rocks blocking the tracks had to stop and get ambushed. Yeah. Well, they were worried about the Indians too, the white warriors, whatever yes. it was they called them, which basically showed up and bailed them out. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> so, all right. So William tells Dolores, goes, yes, that's right. So William tells Dolores that, you know, back home, he's got a, uh, he's engaged and he's got a, a woman waiting for him. Yep. And she gets all offended and walks away. And then he goes and talks to her and then they have sex. Yep. So. I'm wondering if that's Dolores' scruples are just overwritten. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that if they, like, they wouldn't program the host to be like that. They, right. They couldn't really say, you know, oh, yeah, um, you have a wife at home. We're not allowed to, because the, the guests are supposed to be able to do whatever they want. Essentially. Right. Yeah. So, Speaking of that, the latest theory that's out there, and it's gained a lot of traction. It's probably going to come true. It's like 90% up there. Well, hold on real quick. Hold sure. on real quick. I'm sorry. Sure. I just want to cover this. She drew this picture of a landscape she'd never seen before. And then right. after after they end up off the train, her and William and then Lawrence, they, they find that canyon that she yep. drew. And then Lawrence goes on to go to the battlefront, and then her and Dolores are going to head into the – William and Dolores are going to head into the canyon, and Lawrence called that the place where no one comes back from. Right. Something like that. So anyway, yeah. so the new theory. The new theory that I think we've talked about before is that William is the man in black, and this is his first trip to the park that will be one of many. And See, I said that too, Yep. but Teddy and the man in black are heading into – um, Mexico or whatever, basically. I can't think of the pariah. Yep. To find Dolores. Well, yeah. And, and the man in black has had many uh, interactions with Dolores over the years. He said that. Yeah. But why would she be there again? If she's not there with William, why would she be over there again? Where, Unless he's just lying that she's there to get Teddy to go with him? I think that's a big part of it. I think that he's trying to manipulate Teddy into going with him, and the easiest way is to say that Dolores is there. Because I remember back when William was first introduced, I presented you with my theory that William was the man in black. Yep. Um, and then, like, the next couple episodes, I thought my theory was been disproved, but, I mean, it could still be there again. Well, uh, you know, 
Kelly had added me to a group on Facebook, and I'll be honest, I haven't gone through all of it, because it's one of those groups where people just do fan theories and discussions of the episodes, and it is yeah. really, really deep and in-depth. There's a lot of writing out there. But some of the things they brought up is the fact that both William and the Man in Black have the same knife. You know, the one that he's, when he's sitting in the uh, bar with Ford, and he tries to stab him, and Teddy grabs the knife, it's the same one that William uses in his episodes. Very distinct knife. Right, um, yeah. It wasn't, wasn't that get, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I was, I just uh, did another show, but yes, you're right. Yes, very distinct knife. Um, and apparently, and some of these things I didn't even notice, uh, apparently you could see two different Westworld logos in the episodes with each one of them. So like maybe one was an earlier version of Westworld. Uh, and then I'd have to go back and watch, but apparently when the Man in Black shows up, uh, Clementine is running the brothel versus Maeve. I don't remember that. I don't either. Like I said, I haven't dug into all of it, but it seems to be the most prominent. This episode, we had William talking about how when he was a kid, he loved books and he always wanted yeah. to wake up inside of a book. Yeah. We also had the man in black who was talking about how he had read every page of this park except for the last page and he needed to know how it ended. So yeah. another reference to it being like a book, waking up inside of a book kind of thing. So, Okay. So here, here. why would the man in black, if yep. it's William, if he clearly loves Dolores, what the hell happened on the way that now, 40, 30 years later, whatever it is, his fun now is to just rape her all the time? Like what the, what, what happened? I think that part of that is going to, we're going to find out has to do with her being reset. So like he shows up the next time and she doesn't remember him. And that would be kind of harsh, you know, realizing that every time you show up to the park, you know, you, he developed this relationship with her and then he goes back to the real world and then he comes back and he's like, I've come back for you. And she's like, who are you? Hmm. I, I think that would be a big part of it. Because they don't remember people from visit to visit. No, they don't. So I'm looking at the description of Clementine Pennyfeather, mm -hmm. and she is a host. She works for Maeve and is one of Westworld's most popular attractions. So I, that's why I'm uh, – well, is she uh, – I, I wish if, I had read that whole been, thing. If she had been the madam – in yep. that first episode, it would say that she had been the madam, you know, in this description. You would think. You know what I mean? You would, you would, you would think. Oh, and we also don't know, um, what happened to Elsie. I was just going to say that. We still haven't found out what has happened to Elsie, who's got her, know what's going if on. If she's alive, if she's dead, or what it is. But, okay, here's my new theory. She discovered something she shouldn't have discovered. No, no, never mind. Well, I think she did discover something that she shouldn't have discovered. Right, right. But my thought was, did Ford have her killed? But then, but Ford wouldn't, would, I can't imagine Ford's the one that's launching, you know, that's sending the, the messages up. Right. Because it was in under Teresa's name. And then Teresa, when Bernard confronted her about it, she basically knew it. Like she... Seemed, yeah, okay, yeah, I was doing that. So I can't imagine Ford had her killed. It would have to have been Teresa that had her killed. Uh, well, maybe we'll find out. Arnold's still in play here somehow. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't. I know some people have complained that this show is slow and it drags and on and on and on. I haven't felt that way. I've been intrigued the entire time. I have as well because yeah. I I feel like it gives answers as much as it uh, drags them out. You know, yeah. I've seen plenty of shows where it just they won't let you know anything. And I yeah, I'm sure if I looked through my notes I'd be able to pick out one recently that it's like, come on, just give us something. Stop trying yeah. to be too clever. I know I've talked about it, but I can't think oh, yeah. of it right now. But yeah, this one I think gives out info at a pretty good clip. Yeah, I agree. I I, I absolutely agree. Um uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I can't a, wait to watch the new episode. Hopefully either. tonight. Yeah, hopefully tonight. I, I made a note in here, and it could be absolutely nothing. But Jonathan Nolan and the other person, the two that are in charge, they said everything is important. Every little detail yep. is important. People are now analyzing that photo of young Ford and the old man who looks like his father, and they're saying oh, yeah. they're saying if you look at it, it looks like there's spot that there's a spot for a third person in that picture, and yep. is that uh, Bernard and Bernard's the only one that's seen the picture, but he wouldn't have been able to see himself in that picture because he's a host and he's programmed not to see things that would upset him. Oh yeah. So there's well, that. There is talk that there's going to be a second season, but it probably won't be out until 2018. Yes. Yes. Um, originally, I think back on the first episode that we talked about this show, I had said that, uh, they slowed things down and they, they had a plan for five years. Yeah. So, but that was the people that created the show. We'll see what HBO says. Um, no, but the thing that I made note of, the two lab techs, Felix and Sylvester, are both the names of famous cartoon cats. Dude, I was just going to say the same thing <laughs> earlier. That's how I remember their names. Felix the cat and Sylvester the cat. So. And, and again, it could be absolutely nothing, but I just thought that it was, they're such odd names, such rare names that it seems a little bit too, and it's an Asian man named Felix. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, hold on a sec. It's like, um, all right. So at the WWE pay-per-view survivor series, they announce all, they, they now have all these foreign announced teams that they show and, and they do a little thing in their, in their language, whatever. And the Russian announced team is always a guy that looks like a, yes, this guy's definitely Russian. Very so you have like the uh, big bushy mustache and the furry hat and the bear on a unicycle? No, no, no. But it just visually when you look at him, yeah, he looks Russian. The other guy looks Japanese. Okay. But he has a Russian name and he's talking Russian. Okay. And it's just, yeah, make, it's, it's funny to me. It's funny. I guess maybe he can look Chinese. I don't know. Because I never – I didn't realize this. It didn't dawn on me. But the other day when I was watching – um. Uh, Skip Trace, the Jackie Chan, Johnny Knoxville movie. Yeah. They were, well, it takes place on the Chinese Russian border. Okay. And like, the China, there's a Chinese, it's, it's almost like the, um, the way it was set up with the two big cities, it was almost like the uh, Windsor, Ontario and Detroit, Michigan border where there's these two big cities and two different countries that border each other. And I never considered Russia down by China being a big city. I don't know why. I've never been there, never studied, I guess. So hmm. I guess there could be a lot of Asian people in that southern part of Russia. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Anyhow, moving on. Sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else on Westworld. I think I've covered everything. I think I did as well. Cool. Uh, 
I did not watch Elementary. I don't even know if there was a new episode or not. You know, I, I'm looking through my notes, and I didn't make any notes on it. I feel like there was a new episode, but I didn't take any notes. So it oh, either well. wasn't that important or... So, um... Did you see Simpsons? Oh, I, um... I might have. I don't remember if I watched Simpsons or Son of Zorn. Uh, what about Family Guy? Simpsons was okay. It was, you know, they took Grandpa to Cuba, got to have a Cuban oh, episode. Yeah, okay, I did see that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, I, I've really racked up Simpsons and Son of Zorn and Family Guy just to being shows and... You know, like nothing that uh, just shows. Well, I mean, like unless something big happens to stand out, it's almost like eh, it's just kind of routine. You know, I've kind of chalked Criminal Minds in there and Law and Order SVU and gotcha. Elementary. It's just like kind of like routine shows. You know, like The Big Bang Theory. I really enjoyed this week's episode, so I, I do have some notes about it. But generally, I'm just like, ah, uh, it's a show. Just kind of, you know. Goes along with how it has been, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I thought that Routine. Son of Zorn had a few fun little facts that we learned, like the fact that he was talking about how he had runner's rash on multiple penises, multiple scrotums. Yes, yes, yes. on all my on all my scrotums. Yeah. Okay, got me. yes, yes. I thought, <laughs> what was it? The blood of a something? Oh gosh, it was such a weird concoction that he needed. Yeah, it, it was, uh, and I love the fact that it was. Um, oh god, I can't even think of his name. Shoot. The doctor on his phone. He was uh, he was Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. Okay, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I can picture him. Yeah, um, but I like that he showed up in his formal wear for Thanksgiving, wearing a turtleneck, yes. and a jacket, but still no pants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we learned through an offhanded comment that Inzafiria learning is a sex crime. <laughs> yeah, learning is a sex crime. That's quite hilarious. What? <laughs> Yeah, and that is ex-mother-in-law hates him. Yep, yep. and he yep. killed her accidentally. And then he killed her accidentally. Yep, that was funny as well. Had, had to bring her back to life. Um, yeah, it, it was not a bad episode. It was. You're right, though. I mean, it wasn't anything like I don't sit down like, oh boy, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm, 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 I'm yeah. F- Family Guy was an anti-vaxing episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah, really heavy-handed. Yeah, like really. You know, I, I liked it at the end. Um, Stewie like kind of looks at the camera and he's like, "This entire thing has been a message from liberal Hollywood." <laughs> it was. It's true. Yep. It's like they felt they had to make a point. So yeah. Which kind of goes along with what I was talking about with you pre pre show today. Yes. Yep. And then. Um, yeah. So what else we got? Well, I, Gotham. Yeah. Gotham's getting to the point where it's one of those shows where I'm just kind of like, meh. But uh, uh, I'm almost waiting for them to cancel it so that I can be like, thank you. But not. Yeah, I mean, like this week, all right, so Ivy's back, and now Ivy has told uh, Bruce Wayne and, and um, what's-her-face, Selena. Selena Kyle, who she is, who he, who uh, who she is. It's funny. My very first note was Ivy's back. I wonder if like, cause the guy grabbed her and aged her. And I was like, I wonder if her brain also aged or if it was just her body. And then almost immediately she starts talking and I'm like, nope, her yeah, brain nope, did not this, age. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She has a body. She doesn't know 
how to deal with it and everything. Yeah, so she's basically still like a 12, 13-year-old girl in the body of a 25-year-old sex pot. So basically this episode is all about Barnes going on a killing spree, then threatening to set up Gordon, which I was like, if they friggin' do that, I'm done. Not just a killing spree, but like a justice spree. Yes, yes. And then ultimately at the end, Harvey gets everyone to believe that. Because, of course, Barnes wants to spread the word that Gordon's the one that murdered these people so they can hunt him down. But Harvey gets everyone to believe, thanks to Lee, that the captain's infected and on and on and on. So in the end, they do arrest him and he gets put in Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I was, think- that was rather convenient that, you know, they reassembled yes. the... New 600 Gotham police officers this week. I think that this will be the catalyst for Gordon to become the captain. On his way to becoming commissioner. Yeah, because, yeah, because, you know, the, the Gotham PD is so well structured that he was fired for incompetence, went out, became a bounty hunter, interfered with all their investigations. The captain repeatedly told him, stay the hell away. You're not a cop anymore. He walked back into the captain's office and said, I'm ready to be a cop. And the captain said, okay, you can be a cop again. There was no rehiring process. There was no HR paperwork. He He was just immediately a detective. And and his ex-partner was holding on to his badge for some reason. Because Bullock tossed him the badge and was like, here you go. You're going to need this. Why did he have the badge? Was it like a memento for him? Probably. It, it's yeah. so incompetent. It, it's terrible. Yeah. And then I'm pissed off because Oswald, Isabella is dead. Yep. Dead, dead, dead ski. Oswald and uh, not cool buddy. And then, of course, Nigma discovers that her brake lines were cut and that she was murdered. And then, he, of course, he's blaming Butch. Yeah. But but we get that whole build up all episode of <gasps> yeah. Penguin's scared. Is he going to blame exactly. Penguin? So, but Martin finally forwarded us his thoughts on Gotham. Yep. Uh, did you see that? I oh, sure yes, did. Your name is on the email as well. Do you want me to read those or do you want to read nope, them? Go right ahead. So he writes, sorry for the late reply. I think you guys bring some interesting points up in the relation to how the storytelling runs on Gotham. To say that the character Bruce Wayne is laughable is honestly kind of an understatement at times for those – of us that grew up on the comics. We've never seen Bruce be such a love-struck, whiny baby. And to be honest, I'm totally okay with that because this Bruce is my Bruce only in name. We've never had any stories of young Bruce, so there really isn't anything to compare it to. Therefore, it's entirely possible that Bruce could have definitely been like the Bruce on Gotham growing up. With that said, the key is to remember that this is not the comics. Just like you guys keep saying with Lethal Weapon, Gotham is Batman just on the surface. I watch it as if it were an Elseworld type story that I've seen that I've never seen before. It gives me perspective of characters I've never thought about before. It gives me some sense of wonder that can sometimes be lost if you keep telling the same story over and over again. I will say though that if this Bruce were to become the man we know as Batman, <laughs> he will have to go undergo many more trials. It is entirely possible that Bruce alone, no, sorry, that Bruce clone could end up being the mantle in the future. And I'm, and I, and I'm totally okay with that. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I he, kind of agree with Martin absolutely. on his point of view on Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. He, he brings up the good point that, you know, this is to say that this is based on the comics is laughable. You know, this is a different telling, you know, he says elseworld. If it was Marvel, it'd be what if, yeah. Um, 
And some of those stories can turn out really well. You know, Marvel recently introduced um, Spider-Gwen, and it was remarkably popular. She got her own series and everything. They even did a little spinoff yep. of Gwenpool, you know, based around Gwen Stacy, who has been dead for years and years and years. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, yeah, some of those can be good. Uh, other times, like in this case... Yeah, not so good, but... But he's right with that Lethal Weapon comparison, where, like, you know, Aaron hates the new Lethal Weapon series because he loves the movie so much, and I'm just like, well, I just pretend the movies are different. Yep. And I can get some enjoyment out of the show. I can get a lot of enjoyment out of the show. Yeah, but I have to really suspend my... Really, with Lethal Weapon, I just have to be like, this is nothing but a sit-down-and-watch, mindless-watching show. And fun. Yeah, and it is fun because if you challenge any of the the logistics in it, like last week, oh my god, shot the two shots at the rear end of the SUV and made it explode just the right angle to flip up and over the girl (laughs) before it landed, and then exploded again because once you've punctured that gas tank and it's already on fire, apparently it'll just explode even worse somehow. Yeah. So as long as you just like go, yeah, this is just mindless fun. Then it's it's great and <laughs> basically the Charlie's Angels movies. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and, and so like so with Martin, you know, Martin does have a point there with the. I just pretend this has nothing to do with Batman. Yep. But that being said, it's still like for me lately, it's still barely a serviceable show. Yeah, like and- a lot of the stuff on it makes me cringe, even if I take out the Batman aspect of yep. it. The, I the think show itself. Me- Go ahead. I was going to say, I actually put a note in here this week. The Teen Titans go to return the necklace, but the owner is shot through the eye with a crossbow bolt. And I am so – that was exactly it. I, I literally sighed out loud with nobody else around because I'm like, are we seriously going to do this? We're now going to have the mystery crew of Bruce and Selena and Dummy Ivy that well- – are going to be trying to solve the mystery of why there was a key inside this super expensive necklace. After we go through that whole stupid thing of Ivy being like, you know, well, um, give me a hundred dollars for it. And he's like, fine. She's like, um, a thousand, uh, uh, five thousand. He's like, fine, fine, fine. I'll buy it off you, whatever. And then we can return it. It was so painful yeah. to watch. Yeah. Now they're going to make a whole thing out $5,000. Yeah. No, it's like the reason why I don't really take notes about, you know, Family Guy, Son of Zorn, Simpsons, SVU, on and on and on, is because it's just like, ah, we have so much to talk about on the show as it is. I'm not want to add to it by talking about just routine crap that wasn't worth talking about. Right. And I feel like Gotham's actually in that group, but if it, it's a comic book show, which is probably right. why I continue to make notes about it to talk about it. Yep. If it wasn't a comic book show, I would probably throw it in the categories with those other ones and be like, I'll watch it when I get around to it. But it's not a priority. Right. Uh, But speaking of Monday night comic book shows, Supergirl. Yeah. So, um, I am not a fan. More than one line of note this week. (laughs) Yeah, I did. I am not a fan of Jimmy Olsen. Um, as guardian, as guardian. Yeah, I agree. I also didn't like how uppity he got demanding the suit now and on and on. I thought that was asinine. Yeah, and then at the end when she like tries to look through his yeah. suit and she's like leadline, he's like, I couldn't make it too easy for you. Yeah. Eat it I just wanted to be like, eat a dick, Jimmy. 
Yeah, I really I'm I'm not impressed. Like I've enjoyed the show where others haven't, but I do not enjoy Jimmy Olsen Guardian. I just nope. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not either. I, I think that it's a stretch. Yeah. So okay, the show opens up at the bar, and Mon gets Kara to get a drink, and the bartender comes over and. Is basically like, oh, this would kill a regular person, but you guys will be fine, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so they know Kara's a Kryptonian then? And so that means does everyone <laughs> in the bar know she's Supergirl? Apparently. You know, like, that's immediately what came to mind. It's like, okay, they know she's an alien. They know that she's a, must be a Kryptonian or, or whatever Mon is, but they must also realize, well, it's the same height and hair color and same, you know, alien. So she must be Supergirl. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, it was a stretch. It was somebody yeah. wanted to get a joke in there about Supergirl being drunk. Exactly. And they were like, well, how can we do that? Let's figure out the logistics now. Just yeah. leave that out. But essentially, you know, it was the episode was what it was. Um, wasn't one of their best for me. Um, the main storyline for me that came out of this is, well, two, one, Jimmy Olsen's Guardian. And then secondly, that Mon was abducted by Cadmus at the end of the show. Yep. Well, I think you also have to give a little bit of a nod to uh, the fact that Kara and John both got beat up the same way by the same guy, and yet for some reason John lost a ton of blood and needed a transfusion or he was going to die. So yes. he gets a transfusion from the White Martian, and that's right. going to have ramifications later on. I'm oh, sure. absolutely. Like you could already see what was his hand was trembling or something was going yep. on. Yeah, and she didn't reveal that she was a white Martian. She just gave him his blood. Maybe that's what happened to her. Maybe she was actually a you know a, a Martian, and then she got a blood transfusion or something that made her a white Martian. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, because if all the white Martians could, I'm going to say, vogue themselves to look like, <laughs> nice. you know, one of, the, one of the red Martians or whatever, like John Green. Jones – Green, sorry, Green Martians like John Jones. I, I always just go red because it's Mars. But anyways, you know, Vogue themselves to be looking like like one of the the Green Martians like John Jones. Don't you think they would just all would have done that and then ended the war from the inside? Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe yeah. that's how they finally started winning the war. Maybe. Uh, I really I wanted to scream when. Um, when he was presented the uh, the suit, I think it was. Basically, uh, Wynn made the comment, long live the super friends. And I was like, no, no, uh, I know. you don't yeah. get to use the super friends name. You right. are not the super friends. No. And nope. I-, I will say for me, uh, I really enjoyed, again, this week, the way that the- I know I made mention last week, but this week they continued on with the really thoughtful way that they handled Alex trying to define her sexuality. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, she really, you know, again, like I said last week, they could have just bottled it all up and been like, you know, oh yeah, I'm gay now. And then moved on from there, but she's really struggling with this and she struggles to tell Kara and Kara doesn't know how to deal with it. And then when she finally comes to grips with it, she's like, yes. And she goes to kiss the lady detective the cop's like, no, no, we're in different places. Like, I've yeah. had this for years. I've been comfortable with this. You're still learning about who you are. Yep. I, I don't want to be your guru, basically. Yeah, right. And it was it was well handled because it wasn't just all sunshine and puppy dog farts and happy endings. It was kind of a real thing. Now she's going to question herself and was this real yeah. or did I just have a crush on this girl? Or And then, of course, you know, she uh, – 
then yeah, you're right. Doubted that what she did was real, or she never should have come out and said anything, and on and on and on. So. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. Monel getting grabbed by Cadmus was big. However, again, it's a writing tool that I don't get. Like people who write, say, stories versus people who write for TV shows, you would never see in a book. You would never be reading down through um, something like you know. And then the driver of the van looked up into the mirror. The uh, the light reflected off of her eyes, and she whispered, "Welcome to Cadmus." You, you wouldn't see that. So why no, are we seeing a TV show? No, you see that at all. He's knocked out, he's in the back of the van, and she looks up in the mirror and goes, Welcome to Cadmus. No, stop that. Stop yeah. it. Yeah, that was stupid. Yep. Anyway. Agreed. <clears throat> um, I'm all good with Supergirl if you are. I am. Yep. Cool. So, Timeless, which... It's a really great show. It really is. I love this show. They are handling time travel really well, I feel. Which is surprising considering that every week they go to a different time period. You would think that, like, with Legends, you know, they'd have a hard time balancing it, but these guys are doing it really well. Um... Yes, this is one of my... I think this is my wife's favorite show on TV right now. You know, until this... This Friday when the Gilmore Girls comes back, <laughs> which I'll watch because I I watched the Gilmore Girls when they were on. Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit that, even though I'm saying it quietly. But I've heard great things. So anyhow, timeless. Uh, we get the Nixon tapes, the Watergate scandal this time. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. And we find out that it's nice, too, because, you know, throughout history, nobody's known what was on the missing part of the tapes. These people present their own version of it. Great. Yes. You know, don't keep us. It was done wondering. well. Yep. Um, but basically, one of my favorite parts is everyone's secrets are out. They all they both know that Lucy's been talking to Flynn. Yep. And they know that Rufus is recording them. Yep. And now they all know about Rittenhouse, that Rittenhouse is a group, that it's not a person. Mm-hmm. And Flynn had his big, you know, big chat up there with, with Wyatt. And, uh, of course, Wyatt didn't believe him at first, but you know he's got to believe him now. Right. Yeah, Wyatt was basically like the one person on the team who didn't have any secrets. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, by the end, now that now that it's not just... Flynn talking about Rittenhouse. Lucy's talking about Rittenhouse. Rufus has, has told them about how he was threatened by Rittenhouse, and they threatened to kill his family and everything else. And then, you know, the doc, which they thought was documents, but was an actual person who was a doctor, and they were like, "You need to, you know, what was the, what was the words they use? Not delete, but destroy." Oh, yeah, it was something like destroy the doc. Yeah, you got to destroy the doc. Or whatever. Basically, they didn't come out and say you need to kill her, but that's it was implied, obviously. Yeah. And uh, you know, the doc was telling Lucy, which I'm sure Rufus heard as well, or whatever, that you know, oh, Kat, you know, Rittenhouse was threatening to kill her family. That's why her husband and son are are you know in Canada or blah 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 blah. I kept waiting for her to say like, oh, what's your boy's name, Rufus? Like yeah. I. I and I'm glad they didn't, because I probably would have groaned horrendously if they did. Yeah. Because um, it's like sometimes it's cool when things are tied in together, but sometimes it's a little much. Yep. 
because I mean, obviously, we found out that the uh, the Rittenhouse agent, unless I'm wrong about this, but the Rittenhouse agent is is Benjamin Cahill. Like that's the same guy, right? Yes, the one who okay. was talking to him on the phone and then was okay. meeting with him in the future. Okay, all right, that's what I thought. So Lucy's birth father is Rittenhouse agent. Yeah. So who was he calling when Lucy left? I wonder. Probably somebody else in Rittenhouse, which mm-hmm. adds more of a level of interesting because the doc said that uh, most people in Rittenhouse are born into it. Like yes. It's a legacy that goes back to 1778 and families are born into it and they're expected to stay into it and she wanted out. So if Lucy yep. is this guy's daughter then perhaps she has a Rittenhouse legacy. Maybe this is what drives her to write the journal and help Flynn in the future. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. Wyatt and Rufus know about the journal as well. Yeah. But we learned yeah. a lot, too. Uh, Flynn told us why he's doing all this, because basically he was an, N- uh, an NSA agent. Yes. And there were some things that kept uh, – coming up as suspicious for Connor, the guy who built the time machine and everything that he found tied back to Rittenhouse. So he put it up the chain to his superiors. And the next thing you know, his family's killed. He happened to get out, but they framed him to make it look like he killed them. Yep. And that he, the reason why he's doing what he's doing is he doesn't want to destroy America, but that may be the only way to stop Rittenhouse. And if he does, then his family will be alive. Right. Right. And I relate to that. So it gives him a noble goal. Exactly. And, and we finally found out exactly how Wyatt's wife died, which still has the sinister implications that it could have something to do with Rittenhouse. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, they, so it's it was it was a great episode. It really was. And we really learned a lot. I learned a lot about all the characters, but I my favorite part is there's no more secrets to you know what I mean? Like yes. between the three of them. They all know everything and <laughs> I'm really glad that that aspect is out in the open. And it kind of got uh, brushed to the side a little bit, but I'd like to give a shout out and say that this was the first episode where Rufus wasn't the quote unquote minority. He actually, like if he hadn't been around oh, and black, yes, yes. he never would have gotten to the dock because he recognized the, the symbol as, you know, a black power movement. And he was able to get them in to talk to the people in charge and get them to the dock. And I loved how he told Lucy just to stand outside and, and <laughs> yep. you know, like the same thing they told him. Yep. Um, and then later on, you know, like, well, what about the white girl? Oh, she's my piece on the side. <laughs> yeah. And she just looks at him. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, that was good. It was a great episode. It, it really, really, was. really was. Loving the show. I really am loving the show. Oh, yeah. Me too. Me too. My, again, it's, I think I know it's my wife's favorite show on TV right now. So. It, it does a good job. I actually uh, reached out to a friend the other day, and I was like, are you watching this? No. I said, you love history. You love, you know, alternative timelines. You would love this show. So I definitely give it a big old thumbs up. So, um, yeah. Are you ready to go on to the next show? Yep. Cool. Uh Flash? Sorry. Um, so finally, Wally's hearing alchemy. Yep. Which we knew was going to happen. And then uh, they, they lock him away to try and you know prevent him from uh, turning evil or whatever. Yep. Yep. And then Caitlin tells Cisco, who then in turn tells everyone that she's getting her killer frost powers. Which, good on him, you know, yep. to, to not 
keep this a secret for episode after episode. Be like, look, they need to know. <laughs> Shut yep. up. And then I thought it was odd that they created this shadow meta-human monster type of thing, person, and, like, quickly defeated him. Because it started out like this was going to be the monster of the week. But no, no, that's not actually the story. That's kind of a – that's the B story. Yeah, I thought that, like, where they said that on – you know, HR was like, oh, on our world we had the same guy. And it was basically that he vibrated his molecules so fast that he appeared to be a living yeah. shadow. I'm like, oh, we're going to get vibe in on this. And nope, it was just nope. done very quickly. Yeah, it was done. And then they put the cuffs on him. Yeah. Um. That Caitlin had been borrowing. That Caitlin had been borrowing, and yeah. And uh, I, I'm not a fan of HR. I don't like this character. No, no. I don't. I don't like this character. I, I, I'm love Tom Cavanaugh. Yeah. Not a yes. fan of this character. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But basically, you know, uh, it was an okay episode. Wally gets uh, promoted or gets access to whatever the metahuman forensics. Uh, so now, like, he's being, fo- they're, they're being forced Barry. to work together. Did I say Wally? I meant yeah. Barry. Sorry, yeah. Barry. Yeah, Barry. Yeah, cause, yeah, cause the on high chiefs decided that they, uh, wanted everything devoted to metahuman right now. Yep. And, um, cause yeah. regular crime apparently doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not as bad as it once was. Yep. But, uh, of course, we learned that there's a new speedster that is, um, helping alchemy interesting though that nobody could see the speedster except for barry yep completely invisible to everybody else uh but trumped him because you know and, new speedsters always do and and looked like a monster and yeah. not, not and, like how reverse flash looked like a monster right. i mean um, zoom looked like a monster i mean right but he like an like, actual Armored plates and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, and like, almost like a lizard face, if you will. Did he call himself Xandar? I can't recall. I was going to look it up online, but he, I had to replay it like four or five times, and that's yeah. all I could make out. But he did, uh, he, he was going to spike Wally to death, I mean, uh, Barry to death. Yep. So, yeah. And he had blue lightning as well, you notice. Yes, which blew the the blue lightning. I thought was like right before they disintegrate, if you will. Yeah. So, and um, then at the end, Wally grabs the alchemy stone and gets imprisoned in a pillar of goo. Yeah, is that what happens? How they shed their husks? Because we haven't seen the process, so right. I'm assuming this is the process with which they they shed their husks. Right. So, um. Uh, yes, he calls himself Savitar. Savitar, okay. Yeah, which is a speedster in the comics. That's right, I remember reading up on him. He actually has a long history in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, and he was introduced back in 1995. Um, I, and in, I did in the comics, he's got a, like a mask on his face, so. Yeah. Yeah, he has a pretty good story in the comics. I, I'm not sure that they'll do the same thing in the, um show, but I do remember reading up on him, and he was very interesting. Um, Hold on real quick. Uh, This version of the character in the Arrowverse is assumed to be the Hindu god of speed, since his longevity has been confirmed to have a longer lifespan than his comic book version. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I, I thought that it was cool when they made mention of something and, uh, HR is like, Gorilla Grodd, and they're like, you have sentient gorillas on your planet? Oh yeah, we have a lot of sentient gorillas on my planet. Yes. Kind of a nod for down the road, I'm hoping. It says here, Savitar first appeared lunging at Edward Claris for his defeat by Barry Allen, all because of Cisco's intervention and after draining Claris of, of his of his speed. Yeah, because remember there was, kills a, him. There was yeah. a speedster in his cell, but nobody could see him on the camera. Yeah, and that's who it was. So yeah, if he's a Hindu god of speed, then yep. it so. would make sense that he's draining speed from failures of speedsters. And then they went all arrowver. They went all arrow style on this, killing all the SWAT officers. Yeah, the end like that. Yeah, when he just went around and killed everybody before he, you know, attacks Barry at the end. So yeah. Anyhow, so it was a it was a it was a good episode, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of lot of lot of storytelling. We got uh, the next episode is uh, Kevin Smith directed called uh, Killer Frost. I wonder what that one will be about. John, it's going to be about Killer Frost. Oh, darn. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the next episode after that, November the 29th, starts the uh, crossover episodes where yeah. it is not going to be all four shows crossing over, but Supergirl's character will be crossing over. It's just going to be Flash and Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. They're going to have a three-part uh, – three. You know, those three shows are going to cross over that week. But the end of Supergirl – does lead to her character, explains why her character is going to be on Flash. Good. So, but that show itself is not part of the crossover, just her character is. Gotcha. So, um, and then, so Kevin Smith is directing Supergirl and, and Flash this year. Nice. He's done a pretty yeah. good job with those. Yeah. Don't yeah. let him direct his own movies anymore. Oh, God. Anyways. Um, and then I know Legends of Tomorrow after last week is on hiatus until this crossover. Oh, yeah. So we don't have to talk about that at all later. <laughs> um, so we watched This Is Us last night. Mm-hmm. Um, good episode. It was. Uh, we find out basically the backstory as to what the deal is between Randall and Kevin. Yeah, which we kind of always suspected. But now it's just spelled out in front of us. Right, right. One of the funniest moments of the episode is where they're rolling around on the ground fighting like they did when they were kids. <laughs> yep. And Seth Myers walks up, and he's like, Kevin, are you okay? Do you need to call someone? <laughs> he's like, no, this is my brother. This is my brother. Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Seth Myers. <laughs> and I love the very tail end of that when they get up off the ground, and he's like, no, come on, come on, we got to go. I- I'm still black, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, I love that. I did love that. Because, <laughs> you know, the cops are going to show up. and Exactly, yeah. Um, Overall, like, it was, it was a good episode. It didn't have anything. I mean, one thing that we did get that we didn't have before was you and I had talked recently about when does dad die, you know, and we had said that we only ever saw the kids at a certain age. And well, now we've seen, seen them as exactly. Yeah. And dad's still alive. Yep. Um, the other thing that, ha- well, Kate's struggle this episode was working really, really hard to eat well and this and that. And then she loses a pound. Pound and a half. 
pounding pounding a quarter or whatever it is, three quarters. And um, I totally have been there with that frustration myself. Yeah. And then Toby loses eight pounds without trying. And then, so did you expect later when she went over to apologize for leaving and this and that and everything that he had another girl in there? No. (laughs) See, for whatever reason, I I, that's where my brain went. I was like, does he have another girl in the house? And Kate's like, probably not. And then she goes in and it's, no, he's got an empty pizza box and a package of cookies because he's just said, screw it, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yep. Toby's, like, Toby's a lot of things, but loyal is one of those things. And I would never think that he had another girl. Well, I think... If if they if that's the way they would have gone, it would have it would have kind of pissed me off. Yes, exactly. Now let me ask you this, okay? Yeah, I I know I got this, and I'm betting you did, but not many people would have. When she has the thing where she goes to the convenience store and she eats a mini donut, you know, and it's the big long drawn out like I am sitting there screaming at not screaming, but I'm yelling at the TV. Hose is still in. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it because they focused on it. I'm like, oh, she's going to drive off with a hose. I know. And, I'm like, did she get to drive off with the hose? Yep. Like, yes, I was doing the same thing. Hose <laughs> still like, I'm sure they'll do some movie magic where it won't be. I went, they focused on it for some reason. Yeah. I hose figured that, you know, we've seen that kind of devastation. We've seen what happens. I figured that, you know, she was going to be distracted by the junk food and be like, ha, oh, I'm getting away with this. And then was going to drive off, snap it, like break somebody else's windshield, almost kill somebody. And it was going to be like, oh, my God, this is because I cheated. I shouldn't have done that. You know, yeah. karma type of thing. I really thought they were setting up for that. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to do it. She's going to. Nope. 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 But, yeah, hose was still in. <laughs> and, okay, you know, okay, you do not put the hose in the car and turn it on and then go in the store. No, you just don't do that. You like that's wrong. Like I'm sure there's <laughs> idiots out there that do, but if you're listening to this and you're one of those people, don't do that. Yeah. For many, because, many, many reasons. Because that, that hose may not click off yep. and then you're going to get a waterfall of gas on the ground. Yeah. And that's really dangerous. Or somebody could pull up next to you and yep. while you're not looking, they could grab the hose and fill up their tank on your dollar. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So bad news. But yeah, I saw that. And then I'm looking for the breakaway on the hose line to see if there's a breakaway on it because <laughs> Yep. I don't know why. I just was. It's yeah. because we're trained. Yes, exactly. So no shield this week? Nope. Um No superstore this week. Nope. Uh, no, the good, uh, the good life, uh, the good, good place. place. Correct. I don't know SV, SVU. Um, so hold on a second. I have a lot of notes about American Horror Story. Okay. And I'd like to just get right into it if that's all right. Go right ahead. So this was the final episode of the season. They only did Woo-hoo. 10 episodes. Yeah. Um, way better than Coven because I can't even sit through one episode of Coven without wanting to shut it off, but they did so much this season. I mean, like the first three, the first few episodes were like, they kept changing the point of view and the format of the show. Like the first three is the reality series of my Roanoke nightmare of this is the bad stuff we live through. And we're going to talk about it on the camera and you're going to see dramatic reenactments what happened with actors. 
Okay. And then the second one is the Big Brother reality type show where they're trapped in this house and it's full of cameras, except it's My Roanoke 2, Three Days in Hell or whatever it is, where it's the actors and the actual people coming together in this house, um, which – you know, after what the real people experienced, I still don't think you could pay me enough money to go back. No. You know, like if you really did experience such horrible atrocities and witness these murders and on and on and on and you know that this crap is real and that you didn't destroy it before you ran away, don't go back. Just heads up, you know. Um, it's like basically I, I'll equate it to this. There's a helicopter blade spinning, and you know if you walk into it, it's going to hurt and kill you, and you do it anyways. That's, that's how stupid. I – Well, exactly, but that's that's how that's – this the next few episodes, that's how it was filmed out, and that's that's how I felt about it. Like you – yeah. So anyway, so then we have those episodes where everybody gets killed. And I think we had like – I think it was like maybe four and four type of scenario with those episodes. Um and then now we have the 10th episode and this one episode, which was only like 40 minutes or 38 minutes of TV time. I mean, it, oh, no, because then we had that one episode of like the uh, the ghost hunters type episode. Those kids that had their own like ghost chaser, ghost facers from Supernatural type where they don't have an actual network show, but they have like their YouTube show that they do and they go and investigate it and they all get killed. Horrifically killed, right. by the way. Yep. Um, so this episode opens up with a fan convention that took place between the two shows, uh, where they're talking about a fan, and we only see her this one time. Then it cuts to the last Polk brother, Polk family member, who basically says he's going to come kill Lee because that's what he's going to do. So now we get a third different opening credits for the season for this. And now the format of the show is like a forensic files or true crime or one of those trial shows that you see on court TV where they talk about the trial and what happened. And they basically very quickly wrap up her two trials. The first one being all the murders that happened, but it shows that she was under drugs and this and that and everything. So she's acquitted. And so then they try her for the murder of her husband because she confessed to murdering her husband to her daughter. And then she's acquitted there. So then it quickly goes to another format where it's a, a Lana Winters interview segment. And Lana Winters is a character from American Horror Story Asylum who was a journalist that was wrongly convicted and sent to this asylum and on and on and on. And then she came out and she became like a Barbara Walters type character. That's where she is at this point in her career. And she's actually played by Sarah Paulson who played uh, fake Shelby the season and yep. – and- Whatever the actress name was, but anyway, so she's doing double duty in this uh, this season. <laughs> duty, uh, yeah. During the live interview, Winters asked where Flora is to Lee because an hour before they went on the air, Lee went missing from her grandparents' house. Flora must know where she is. I mean, Flora went missing. Lee must know where she is. But then the Poke brother breaks in and kills a guard, and he's gonna kill Lee. And then Winters tries to talk him out of it. And then another guard shows up and guns him down before he can do anything. And now that segment's over. And now we switch to another version of the show. So we've had now the opening segment, which is like the YouTube point of view. 
you're watching YouTube videos of something. Okay. And now the second segment is a court TV trial jury show, forensic files, whatever. And now the third segment of the show is this Barbara Walters interview, except it's Laura Winter, Lana Winters interview. And now the fourth segment of the show is something called the spirit chasers. And this is the ghost hunters like episode where they go to investigate the Roanoke house. And of course Lee's there because Lee goes there to find Flora because she thinks that Flora's there with that this uh, spirit of this little girl that Flora um, befriended uh, at the house when she was there before everything else happened. And so, of course, the uh, the spirit chases are violently killed rather quickly, as well as these two cops that show up. When the alarms go off because they broke into the house and they're, then they're very quickly killed, um, by the different spirits that live there. One's killed by the pig man. One's killed by the, uh, the, the Chinese Chen sisters. Um, uh, and then the butcher shows up and, and they, they kill the cops and the last, uh, and the cameraman and the last spirit chaser guy. And, uh, and then Lee's in the house and they have an infrared camera where Lee then cuts to where Lee said where Flora makes herself known that she's there and now Lee's talking to Flora. And now the show cuts to in this same episode a fourth point of view. And now this is of a 14-hour crisis uh, hostage standoff that's going on at the house where Lee has Flora in the house. And so they show that for a few minutes of different news reports and this and that, like you're watching Fox News, CNN, on and on and on. And then they switch to the fifth point of view of this one episode. And now this point of view we're seeing is for the first time all season long, it's just like it's the point of view of a normal TV show. You know what I mean? Like you're seeing – it's a normal show now. Like a sitcom kind of thing or – well, not like a sitcom, but like a, like a drama show, like every other season's been, where you know you're okay. watching these events, but it's not being portrayed as uh, being filmed by anyone on the show. It's it's a normal looking show or movie or whatever it is now. And then basically in this one, Flora wants to stay in the house to protect the little girl, um, to protect Priscilla. So Lee offers to stay and protect Priscilla so Florida can live her life and be an adult. Priscilla's cool with that. So they set the house on fire. Flora exits the house. Priscilla kills Lee. The house explodes into flames. And then kind of the last thing we see is um, Flora is being driven away in the back of a police cruiser. And she's looking out the window and she sees her this, now the ghost of her mom and Priscilla hand in hand off in the distance. And then as the camera pans back, you see the house on fire and you see the butcher and her crew advancing towards the house via, via their torchlights. And then all the police are still there and everything. And that's how the show ends. So wow. I, I can't endorse this 10-episode season of American Horror Story and say, wow, this was so great. You need to watch it. I can say it wasn't horrible, and it was very unique the way they ran the format of the show. Um, so it felt like more than just one series. It felt like more than 10 episodes. So it's very unique and different. 
and let's just say this summer you have time to watch stuff and this is on Netflix or whatever uh, or Hulu or whatever it's going to be on if it is um, and you have time to watch it, check it out. But I can't say you should make it a priority, I guess. It's a no-sell sell. <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. <sighs> What's up next? Um, uh, I'll say really quickly that Lucifer was okay this week. It, oh, yeah. It Go was, ahead. It, basically, his mom gave – she's – Working at the law firm because she has to, and yep. uh, you know she had to take over that life. And apparently, she drew a map to where uh, Uriel's body was, which had Azrael's blade there as well, and gave that map to a bunch of her uh, less reputable clients because she wanted them to find it. Because apparently, Azrael's blade, being a heavenly blade, when it's in the hands of a mortal, uh, drives them insane and makes them want to kill. Anyone and everyone. So she wanted a big body count so that God would have to notice and come down and talk to them. So that's what this was all about, was basically just them trying to get back the blade. And uh, they did. Don't worry. Yeah. So it went downhill, huh? No. I I mean, it it was still good. It wasn't as stellar as the last two episodes have been, but, you know, that's a little bit of a cheesy reach. Oh, I'm going to draw you a map and give it to you and say, go dig this up and you'll find a really cool weapon there. But, um, you know, so Lucifer's got the blade again and he's got to figure out what to do with it so that he could keep it out of mortal hands, etc. That was it. So how about Arrow? Maybe. Did I Sorry, did, did, no, I was on mute. I just hit the mute okay. button by accident. I, uh, I I think the new vigilante is the DA. I think so too. Yeah, and, and I think he has a really cool name, Vigilante. <laughs> right, but yeah, I'm convinced that it's the DA. Yeah, they they don't introduce characters without a reason. Yeah, because we've seen the DA kind of like snap or not really snap, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his whole so. reason for being is that uh, you haven't cleaned up this city; it's worse than ever, and yeah. you need to do more. I like his mask and how it seems to have some kind of targeting reticles. Didn't see it in use much. Nope. Like I was expecting to see those little squares appear over people's heads, and then some headshots start popping off. But <laughs> maybe that's the gamer in me. And then, of course, his mask is rigged to let off an explosion that doesn't hurt him, apparently? Yeah, yeah. You Outward know only explosion? Right. That blasts Oliver back far enough away and fills up enough smoke that they have to wait for it to clear and they see he's gone, but somehow does not physically hurt him. Right, right. That's some interesting tech. Gave him enough time to cut through those steel cables that Oliver tied him up with. Yep. Easily, like butter, I would assume. Yep. Um, but keeping this week's theme of everybody coming clean about everything, Lance yep. came to Thea and was like, hey, look, I've been blacking out. And hey, look, I cut these ninja stars. What do you think it means? Yeah, right. And then we didn't see that character at all. Nope. So I just don't know if he has the training to do that. Like, I don't know. He's been a cop for a number of years. But, yeah, it seems yeah, like but- he, he's very – if they try to pull – Another 
like mysticism of the uh, uh, League of Assassins. You know, oh, yeah. he he was hypnotized by the League of Assassins to have all these skills or something stupid like that. I'm going to throw my hands in the air. Yeah. I'd be done. Yeah. And then some stuff happened with the Bratfun. I don't care about it. Yep. I, I still love Dolph Lundgren, but who cares? Yeah, I thought he was great. But what was going on at the very end there with Artemis? And she's like, they don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was she talking to? I don't know. I think it. I think we weren't supposed to know. Yeah, it was somebody yeah. else up on a rooftop. I found that to be ultra annoying. Yeah, because she's threatened to quit so many times and this and that. And if she was really infiltrating, then she wouldn't threaten to quit or walk away or this or that or whatever. Maybe because that's sell re- her cover. So that's really playing the long hand that you're selling your cover. Yeah, uh-huh. when you do stuff like that, but. So I don't know. It was all right. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on that? Not really. It, it really didn't impress me over all this week. <laughs> so Lethal Weapon was a fun episode this week. It was. Essentially, Riggs meets a girl. She works for the DA, DEA. They're similar in ways. Um, we get to see his crazy come out a little more. We get to see him... Uh, acknowledge and want to seems like he wants to get help for his crazy. A little bit, it, you know, it's a little bit. Step. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I like when she's just like, uh, he just saved my life, and yeah, he you know, does he just, that. <laughs> yeah, he does that. Or no, no, he goes, no, he he just he just drove in in front of uh you know a machine gun of bullets. Yeah, he does that, and he saved my life. He does that too. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And he just ran off after him. He does that. You know what I mean? Like, um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we see her character again. I feel like we will. Yeah, she seemed like she could have been a good, like, balancing point for him. But, yeah, it was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. You know, the the drugs and the money, and they were peso brokers. And I I like the little exchange with the captain. They always seem to have fun lines with the captain. You know, he's yes. like, oh, you think he's a peso broker? And she's like, oh, you picked that up on Dateline. The captain's like, what is that? And Murtaugh's like, oh, it's this show that talks about yeah. news, but it's only about the Dateline. And he's like, no, I, I know what Dateline is. I meant what's a peso broker. Well, I like how he backs them up. You know what I mean? Like, well, until I get a letter that says director or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. One yeah. of my one of my favorite lines is when he was in uh, Riggs was interrogating that guy and she comes bursting in and she's like, "You had the desk sergeant send me to the wrong floor, really? That doesn't sound like me. Wait, I have a desk sergeant. What does he do?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. No, I think it's. Uh, I like the fact the captain's just not a screamer. Yes. So, um, and then poor Mortar yeah. was having a hard time getting his bros together for. Oh, his bros are too busy with kids or family or this, that, or whatever, and he realizes that you know. Riggs it's a, it's a feeling that I can definitely relate to. I felt for the guy. I really did. You could relate. I, I definitely could. But then at the end, Riggs shows up and they share a beer, and the dog urinates on the carpet because because Riggs has a dog now. <laughs> That's dumb. <laughs> Just kind of wandered into his trailer. So, um, I, I want to talk about one of my favorite shows on TV, Stand Against Evil. Hmm. Yes. 
So uh, episode five opens up six months ago. Then Stan's wife kills a demon flower. And then when trying to uh, say an incantation uh, against a, one of the demon witches, she has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. And we finally get to see his wife for the first time. Yes. Yes. And then we cut to current and the flowers bloomed again. They did. Yep. And it's so. keeping everybody up. They can't sleep. Yes, the first one they can't – there's five flowers around town. Each does something different, and then when the last one is revealed, the person of living will be killed in the land of the dead, and then it will open up a portable – portable portal and on and on and on. So I like how she like connected all of the flowers on the map and formed a pentagram, and then she goes to run off. The deputy's like, so should we get another map? Yeah, yeah. Should Seems we get like a new map now? Really weird thing to draw on that. <laughs> weird thing to have up in a police station. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just I, I like how Claire shows up and at the house and she wants to do a seance and and stands not for it but she cut, cut to oh he's doing it anyways the the daughter really wanted to because she wanted to yes. contact the Munchkins from the Wizard I of Oz <laughs> um it's a fun show I, I he, liked how he had the two rules there he's like my wife knew you never bother me during World War II documentaries yeah. and I knew that she would not have breakfast foods for dinner she was like yeah. it was like something triggered in her she became a wolverine and she would just yeah. lash out at you <laughs> like, yeah yeah crack an egg past three o'clock you know <laughs> Um, which was obviously the catalyst later on when he was brought to the other side and he yep. was just so accepting to sit around and watch his favorite World War II special that the demon pretending to be his wife was his wife. Uh, and then, but then she makes him Brenner and, uh, <laughs> I like that they reached through to the other side and she was yes. talking through Hitler. Yes, like, that was awesome. So, so I'm supposed to kill my wife because Hitler told me to on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this straight. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact where he calls her like Ida, and she's like, "I don't know who that is." And he's like, "If you made you, maybe if you would have made your husband a decent <laughs> meal, your sister would have run off with it." <laughs> that was awesome. And then, all right, so so how do we Claire, get back? The Munchkins would know. Just let yeah. the Munchkins go. I like how Claire figures out that by spilling Denise's blood in this world will bring Stan back. Yes. So then she very awkwardly stabbed her in the hand. Like that was just, oh, that was over the top. It like, was. It wasn't, wasn't just a cut. It was a stab in the hand. <laughs> I, uh, and true to being like a B horror movie from the eighties at the end, Pepper, the dog is still out there. Yes, yes. The most loyal friend in the world who turned on his yes. master and is now like a demon dog, and he's still out there lurking. Um, yeah, so that was, I mean, again, these episodes are too short. Yes. It's like, oh, we only got two more left now, mm -hmm. and the season's over. Yep. And season's, episode six had a huge reveal. Yes. In, in it. Um, but essentially... Uh, Willard's Mill, 1936, a demon baby is born, and then we cut to present, and now that house is a bed and breakfast, and these three goth kids show up to because they want to stay at that room because they want to do a, a seance or whatever to try to bring – To channel this, uh, the powers of that To witch. channel the powers, yeah, yeah. Um, but before all that happens, Stan's driving around, <laughs> dumping packet after packet of packet of sugar in his coffee, and he gets pulled over. What are you doing? Sugar in my coffee. Why'd you just do it at the store? 
please, I can't let someone know I have to sweeten my coffee. <laughs> People think I'm not tough. People need to think I'm drinking black coffee that's acid in my stomach. He, he basically <laughs> implied that you were you were gay if you had to have sugar in your coffee. Yes, yes. Her response, yes. Claire's response is, it's gay to sweeten your coffee. And he's like, you're darn tootin' or whatever. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh, okay. So they run into the, the three goth girl kids run into Denise, two guys and a girl. And they're basically like, we need the blood of a virgin. And they just assume she's one. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at her. Exactly. And she's doing the step on a crack and break your mother's back thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so they summon the demon that one of the guys gets possessed by the, the, the witch. And then Denise gets possessed by another witch or whatever. And when she comes home and she walks in the house, she's laughing. I love Stan's response of like, there's <laughs> trouble like someone laughing when shit ain't funny. No, it's when a woman is laughing. Oh, that's right. When the woman is laughing when shit ain't funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was so true and awesome. I love the fact that one of the kids was stabbed with a shotgun. Like the barrel of the shotgun was driven through his chest. He wasn't shot. They just took the shotgun and stabbed him through the chest. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. And the fact that Stan got a ticket when she pulled him over because yes. he ran a stop sign. And he's like, I never gave the last sheriff a ticket, you know, when he would do stuff. And she's like, the last sheriff died. He's like, touche, okay. Yeah. And so it was for $65 and he brought in sixty four ninety nine in pennies and yes. passed it on her desk. And the deputy's like, what did you do? She wrote me a ticket. You can't write, you can't write the ex-sheriff a ticket. That's what I told her. <laughs> did, did you notice that the deputy was reading Sensual Hobo magazine? Yes. God. yes Some of the I stuff did. they come up with is just bizarre. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the episode before this, when they were at the graveyard, the gravedigger there was the guy from Speed Dating, aka Dana Gould, the writer of the show. Oh, you know, that's right. And him and Denise had an awkward. Yeah, he's like, I still have that squirrel skeleton. If you want to see it, she's like, you know, I do. <laughs> but of course, the big reveal in episode six is that there was only one witch, mm -hmm. and that was the constable. Yep. And he burnt the innocent people at the stake to capture their souls to make his coven bigger. Right. Yeah. So that's a pretty big reveal. I like when Denise was um, possessed and Stan walked in. He's like, have you ever been hit with a bag of oranges? <laughs> <laughs> and then he had a bag of oranges. Yeah, that was that was that was. Good really stuff. Good yep, stuff. two more episodes, then we're done for the season. I know, that's sad. It is. But it'll be back, I'm sure. I don't know if it's been renewed or not, but... Um, I I, I don't know if it has either, but I imagine it, it, it has to be. I mean, I don't know if it's a ratings juggernaut, but it's an awesome it's show. It's I mean, Portlandia's been on there for like nine years. Yeah, and it, it doesn't seem like it costs a whole lot to produce this mm -hmm. show. Mm-hmm. No, it seems like one GoPro and, you know, whatever the stars demand for their salaries. Oh, dude, it is definitely a single camera show. Yeah. You know, it's, it, this, there, this is not a very elaborate setup. You know, but, uh, I'm loving it. Yes. And I'm sad that they basically, I mean, I think they should have just spread the episodes, the episodes out over eight weeks as opposed to four. Yeah. So. I agree. Oh, well, 
anyhow. So you were saying you really liked Big Bang this week, huh? Well, okay. I, I mean, I, I thought it was a really funny episode. You know, I, I thought Sheldon getting hurt was hilarious, how it was set up. How, yes. You know, and then what happened to you and Leonard's got the tissues nose and he's like, oh, I'm fine. I just popped a blood vessel on my nose from laughing so hard. <laughs> and I loved how they all bagged on on uh, Penny for cutting her hair so short last season. That was awesome. Yeah. I, so, I, I mean, those moments I thought were pretty, really yes. pretty funny, you know. They're basically, like, literally bagging on Kaylee Cuoco, like, oh, yes. yeah, you know, you're pretty, but you decided to do this because you think you can get away with everything, and you were wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the B material I thought was funny, the, the main storyline of the uh, – of the of the guy getting the grant and on and on and on, I I didn't care for that. But like those little things on the side where I thought were hilarious, What'd like Sheldon about- hurting both his feet and then yeah. Yes. What'd you think about the remote control Stephen Hawking joke? Um, I actually like the fact that everyone thought it was tactful or tactless or whatever. Yep. It was in poor taste. Yes. And then, you know, Stephen Hawking's at the end. Oh, I always thought they should have made a motorized version of me. Right. Or, or, um, but, yeah, I liked how everyone thought it was in poor taste, except yes. for Wallowitz. And then at the end, when when uh, Prohickey is like, oh, no, that, is it Prohickey? No, no, no. That's, um, that's Prohickey. Um, oh, God. The guy with the lisp. Yeah, yeah. When he thinks it's the most hilarious thing, then, then Wallowitz is like, oh, okay, yeah, this is bad. So, Kripke. and then, yeah, Kripke. That's right. And then after, uh, when when Hawking says he, they never, he, you know, oh, they should have made a motorizer. Don't tell Wallowitz. Yeah, know? don't ever tell Wallowitz about this. I'm yeah. already way ahead of you. So yeah, I thought uh, I thought there were some pretty funny moments in the in the the B side of things, I guess. Yeah, yep. Not bad. Yeah. It, it wasn't my favorite episode, but then again, this season, I can't believe they're doing a spinoff. Like. I felt like this season they were finally winding down and, you know, okay, the the momentum is done. We don't need to have this show on anymore, but apparently yeah. they think it's that popular. Well, this season is better than last season so far. Yes, but you know, then I mean, again, last def- season sucked. Last season was horrible. But again, there's nothing... I mean, the underlining story of this season is basically Sheldon's relationship with Amy. Yep. Do you think it's going to end? I mean, well, okay, the season's got to end with uh, Bernadette giving birth, yep. I would assume, or Sheldon and Amy getting married. I I think as they're aiming right now, I think that they would um, end the season with Bernadette giving birth and Amy becoming overwhelmed and saying, okay, Sheldon, yes, we should have a baby, you know, because he already did that thing where he tried to... Yes. Get her pregnant. Yes, he wanted to impregnate her. And then we'll come back from the hiatus and she'll have rethought it and, or he'll have rethought it or something. That's my thought. But, um, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So, alright. I just want to talk about Legends real quick. Yeah. So I, I like the fact that we're back with Jonah Hex. Yep. I like the West. He obviously. has a nemesis. He's got a nemesis. Uh, you know, Jeff Fahey. It's a good nemesis. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Uh, Commander still gets a costume. Yeah. And Ray gets some uh, Dwarf Star to make a new suit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end of that episode. And it's now it's on hiatus until the crossovers. Yeah. 
So, yeah, the densest metal known to man, but I can make a bullet out of it. Yeah, I know. There was there was some ridiculousness going on there with that, yeah. And then of course the uh the bullet made of um Dwarf Star can penetrate Commander Steel. Yeah. When he's in steel form. So And make him bleed blood. Make him bleed blood. No one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it could have been awesome. It was kind of mediocre. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yep. Anyway. Um, Blacklist. Catching this is up. actually my last show to talk about. Okay. Um, so, because Blacklist is done until is on hiatus now. Yep. And, and apparently this is me catching this, up because this wasn't a new week. Yes, this is me catching up, yes. Um, this is the one where um, basically Reddington is captured by Kurt. He you know, swaps himself. Mm-hmm. And Reddington admits to being Elizabeth's father. Right. But Which, again, we never know if it's it because he's under duress or what. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, so, again, yeah, Reddington admits he's Elizabeth's father, but I don't really believe it. And then Kirk's going to kill Reddington anyways after Elizabeth and everyone's free. And then, of course, there's nothing you could say to make me blah, blah, blah. And then Reddington grabs him and whispers something to his ear. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was something he could say. So, um, to me, that's weak sauce. I, I call shenanigans on that whispering the ear bullcrap. I hate yep. it when they do that. I do too. Uh, if they're the only two in the room, why the frig do they need to whisper in his ear? Yep. No one else is going to hear anything. Uh, there's no bugs in there. No one's listening in. You know. Right. So I hate that. Yep. Um, my assumption is that Elizabeth's mother's alive. Probably something like that. Because Kurt's in love with her still. And or so there's that another be- child or. Or he knows where his real daughter is or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, whatever. One of the big things that uh, this January, the Blacklist Redemption yes. is com- it's coming, to, coming to air. Yeah, Which I'm looking forward to because the brief glimpse that we got at that other group, I liked the way that they operated. I did too. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um uh, and that's it. I'm all done with shows. Okay. Did you watch anything else? Uh, I know you watched uh, Adam Ruins Everything, and you have a couple yep. other shows you watch. Um, I'll give a couple of quick recaps. Frequency, eh, it went right back to being crap. Um, <laughs> M- Mully and I have a good chat back and forth about some of these shows. And he was like, he brought up the point that um, on Frequency, they found the pl- the site of the Nightingale's first murder. And it's this summer camp. I called it Camp Crystal Lake because, you know, it was a murder at a it's summer camp. Camp Crystal Lake, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they go there because the place went bankrupt and it's been abandoned for like 20 or 30 years or something like that. But, you know, all the files are still there and, and evidence of his crime is still there, like the zip ties and the tub and stuff. And, you know, they're like, oh, but she wasn't a nurse. Oh, wait, she was. She was a nurse, like, only for this place. And uh, it was a big stretch. And then we keep having the flashback of, you know, when her dad went undercover for the first time and her mom didn't like it. And he had a girlfriend while he was undercover and she went to visit mom. And they're really stretching out what should have been a very concise story into 
this long, drawn-out family drama. It's really getting annoying to me. But anyway, at least Curtis Armstrong was good last week. Um, Designated Survivor was... It was an okay episode uh, coming back. It was very political. Um, a lot of, you know, espionage stuff. Oh, let's trade this spy for this spy and have this spy trade for this spy so that we can get the spy. But wait, this spy didn't want to come back because this spy was a double agent. The end. And one thing that's frustrating me about that show is that they're really pushing forward with this whole paternity of the president's son you know, it could get out and people could be questioning him. And, you know, the guy who claims to be his real father is in jail for embezzlement or something like that. Futures fraud. And uh we won't see the last of him because we met him now and he's a actor who plays a scumbag. And you've seen him in multiple things before. So, you know, he'll be showing up here again. Yay. Uh But Adam Ruins Everything was good. It was uh Adam Ruins Drugs. And the whole first part of it was about weed. And... Yeah, if you were, if you had never seen an episode of the show and you were just watching this episode and you were just watching the beginning part, you'd think that it was like a propaganda thing put together by the people who were like, you know, legalize weed. But it was, you know, it was documented like it always is. You know, he always has the citations up there. And, uh, one of the things that I found most interesting was that the whole reason that weed became illegal was because back in 1930, uh, we had the federal, Bureau of Narcotics and the guy who was in charge of that, they, he wasn't doing anything because there wasn't really anything to do. And with prohibition around, they, he was looking at a budget cut. So he was going to lose most of his department and blah, blah, blah. So he created essentially a smear campaign against Mexicans because everybody knew that Mexicans liked weed. So he went before Congress and told them that, um, Weed makes the Mexicans thirst for white blood. He said that it may, it causes insanity, criminality, and death. And pretty soon everybody was like, they showed political cartoons from back in the day of, um, like a guy who was blatantly cartoonishly Mexican. You know, he had the poncho on, he had the big sombrero, and he was high on the marijuana and whispering the words Nazi propaganda. And it was like, what does that even mean? Nobody knows what it means, but it scared people into not wanting to have Mexicans or weed around. Um, in the so, that's why they made that that reefer madness flick. Exactly, that was one of them. Uh, in 1937, Congress passed a ban on marijuana, and shortly after that, the first minimum sentencing laws, which you work in the law enforcement field, so you understand that the the only kinds of crimes that have minimum sentences attached to them are the drug-related ones, which is ridiculous. I never understood that anyway. But yeah. um, but the government knew the claims were false. Um, in the 40s, they disproved it all. The, the most interesting one was in uh, 73, a bipartisan commission went to Richard Nixon. You know, they said, you should decriminalize marijuana. He didn't. One of his aides was later asked, in 1994, he made a quote. He said, we knew we couldn't make it against the law to be against the war or to be black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and black with heroin. Does that imply they actually considered it was against the law to be black? Yeah, Nixon's commission was trying to. But but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, we, we knew it couldn't be done. So that means they talked about it. They considered oh, yeah. it. 
Yep. To, to determine that it couldn't be done. It wasn't just a gimme. Love <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Love it. Yep. All right. Sorry. It says, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. So that was a direct quote from one of his top aides that he gave in 1994, years after anything could be done about it. Um, they said that Nixon basically started the war on drugs to bully his political enemies and the minorities at the same time. It worked. Um, so that was a lot of it. They talked about the D.A.R.E. program and how the D.A.R.E. program has basically done the exact opposite of what it was meant to do. It's cost $1.3 billion to the taxpayers and makes people more interested in doing drugs. They said one of the reasons is you show like a, a wide variety of drugs to kids or like a suitcase of different drugs and it triggers the collector's impulse in people. They're like, oh, I want to see all of this. I want to try all of this. And it does absolutely nothing to curb drug use. Uh, it was brought on by Nancy Reagan when she said, you know, just say no. And we got all those fun commercials in the 80s that said, just say no. And before you went to the arcade and you played a video game, it would say, the president says, just say no to drugs. And everybody still did a lot of drugs. It says that in 1994, again, 1994, interesting year, uh, the realized that they had done studies and that the D.A.R.E. program wasn't working, and so they were going to get rid of it, but then the D.A.R.E. program actually bullied these people into keeping it going. Said, disavow the studies, just keep it going, we need the money. And so they kept it going. <sighs> yep. Yep. Uh, the war on drugs, of course, we know that it's completely useless. Uh, it's yeah. actually made drugs worth more on the streets. Um they said that the Sinaloa drug cartel has as many as 150,000 employees, which is more than Apple has. Holy crud. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That is tr that, Yes, that is very insane. It says between 2002 and 2013, the illicit drug dependence or abuse in the past year among persons age 12 or older, because these studies always have like such technical definitions, uh, but basically independent, illicit drug use or dependence in the past year among persons age 12 or older hasn't Gosh. gone down at all. 12 or older. Yeah. It, so that's between 2002 and 2013. So nothing. Nothing has changed by locking people up and declaring war on drugs. Um, and then they talked about legal drugs like Adderall, um, how heroin became illegal, so scientists just created things like Oxy. And promoted it in campaign in the 90s to promote Oxy. By 2016, it made them $31 billion, the Purdue company that makes OxyContin. Yeah, $31 billion. Insane. Yeah. Uh, in 2014, Oxy had more overdose deaths than heroin by over double. Uh, so as soon as they made it harder to get a prescription of Oxy, people were able to turn to the shit ton of heroin that was on the streets. So all they did was create a new market for heroin because they said, we'll just lock up all the Oxy and we'll make it really, really difficult. People were like, okay, well, we'll sell you heroin that does the same thing a lot yeah, cheaper. Right. So yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. You know, they talked about how drug abuse is a health issue, not a criminality issue. So, you know, there's a place in Canada that deals with it as such. They have clinics that will let people do their drugs there 
since they're going to do them anyway, they, they try to do a rehab program. Oh, but, I've heard of those places actually, yeah. Yeah, and they said that, uh, what was it? Last Thanksgiving, 33 people overdosed at one of those places on fentanyl in Canada, but none of them died. Uh, yep. But there was a woman down the street who was not at one of those facilities, and she OD'd and did die because yep. she didn't have anybody there to watch her. So basically, they watch you, and they monitor you, and they've got life-saving drugs there in case you do OD or right. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So you're and, basically and, doing drugs in front of a doctor so that way they can save your life if you accidentally overdose. Yeah, and on the surface, that sounds terrible. It sounds like, you know, well, that's irresponsible. But like they said, it's a health issue. These people are going to do it whether you want them to or not. So if you want to save their life, you know, you, you provide them with this kind of service. Otherwise, hell with it. Yeah, no, because there's plenty of people that go the other way that basically say, like, if someone chooses to do drugs and then overdoses and dies, then that's their fault. Right. Yep. Um, it, it was interesting, too. Um, this episode, like his friend there, I can't even remember her name, but she's the one that does the podcast with him sometimes, and she's in most of the episodes. Uh, she was the teacher at the school, and the kids would try to grab drugs, and she kept grabbing them from them and saying, no, you can't have these. And she put them in her pocket, and then at the end of the episode, they all fell out of her pocket, so the police arrested her for having yeah. drugs at school. And the next episode is Adam Ruins Prisons, so she'll be going into the prison system and learning all about that. That's funny. That's going to be a fun one, too, because as you and I both know, the prison system is a joke as well. You know what scares me in real life? What's that? What scares me in real life is when you see those movies or those shows where someone is wrongly... um, Convicted? uh, Not convicted, is wrongly... In prison. Nope, I'm getting there. (laughs) Admitted admitted into like an insane asylum. Oh, okay, yeah. And they immediately drug them up, and they don't believe them because they're insane. Right. Like that's a, like I, I like that scares me because to me that seems more believable than anything because you literally you drug these people up so you don't and they just don't believe what they have to say because well you're drugged up or you're crazy so you're gonna say you're not crazy and blah 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 so that like I remember just through my life watching any movies or TV shows or anything that has that type of scenario in it it just like it scares me how real that could possibly be. Note to self, especially. Mike's nightmares are made of being taken to an yeah. insane asylum and drugged up. Yeah, especially like back in like the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s oh, and everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially in that time frame. Maybe, maybe not say. so much nowadays, obviously, but I mean like back then is what I'm, yes. I'm referring to. You oh, know? yeah. yeah people bad. could be, can, you know, people were admitted to the insane asylum because they were gay. Yep. Yep. Like, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just, yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, I did actually forget. I did watch a new show this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's on my first page of notes, and that's why I forgot about it. Uh, mind if I talk about it? No, go right ahead. What is it? All right, so I, uh, I'm i on a uh, Pandora, the, the radio there, internet radio thing. Yep. I'm on their soundboard which is I basically just do surveys here and there because I have time to do them. And one of the things I got offered to do a survey on this week was to watch a new episode of a new show and then do a survey on it after. So I follow the link and everything, and I get to watch the show. And as it turns out, it has already been posted online by the channel, so you can watch it online, but its premiere on television is not till November 30th. And it's the Sci-Fi Channel's new original series called Incorporated. Oh, yeah, I've been seeing the commercials for that. So you can watch the show on Sci-Fi's website right now. 
Um, but I watched it differently. I, then I did a survey after about it. But essentially what it is, the official synopsis is this. The series is about a young man who infiltrates a very dangerous corporation in order to save the woman he loves. Vague, but it's that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a reverse prison break. Okay. Kind of. All right. But so this is what it's actually about. Because a lot of those uh, title cards at the beginning, you know, uh, the year is 2074. Climate change has caused famine and bankrupted governments around the world. Corporations have taken over 90% of the world. Uh, those that work for the corporations live behind the walls of the green zone in a safe, plush environment. And those that don't live in the slums of the red zone. Uh, during the news broadcast, uh, I found this funny, but during a news broadcast at the beginning where they do one of those scenes where the guy's shaving and getting ready for work and this and that, it talks about Canada's completion of a fence as 12 million Americans have fled into their country. Uh, nice. And, of course, it's a Canadian TV series. Um, of course, one of the big themes is food shortages. Um, and then apparently people from the green zone can go into the red zone at will. But not vice versa. Okay. And the red zone is where all the debauchery goes on. And apparently it's pretty common to get kidnapped in the red zone, have a body part cut off and mailed to a loved one uh, for um, ransom uh, because they can be easily reattached with modern medicine. As a matter of fact, they can make you look like someone else entirely different and not just like plastic surgery but like my husband died, I miss him, so I'm paying this red zone person to – have their their to look like my husband, where they can make them perfectly look like the other person. So that will probably come into play later on. They're very optimistic about our medical advances in the next sixty years, aren't they? Well, I said it's a Canadian TV series. They have <laughs> universal health care, so they are. Um, yep. But anyways, I don't want to give away too much, but essentially, you know, like the synopsis gives it away. This is the society we live in now, and there's one young man who has infiltrated a corporation and gotten a job and is moving up in the ranks, and he's not who he seems. And uh, he's married, and he has spent four years doing this to try to find the actual woman that he loves. And um, so, yeah, it's a pretty solid um, – it's not your typical dystopian future. Okay. Uh, it's more like uh, – I'm not going to say soiling green, but um, you know, there's definitely the two classes of citizens. Either yep. You work for the, the corporation and you, know, you have your nice plushy job, but you are super monitored and your life is basically – it's your own but not really like – you know those horrible yes men? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, basically everyone's one of those because they don't want to lose their jobs. Because if you lose your job, um, you lose it's everything. basically implied that you're you get killed. Oh, okay. You know you're you're dead, or you get sent to the slums. You know, so gotcha. It's worth checking out. It's worth checking out. I mean, especially with the first episodes online right now, um, commercial free. At least mine was. Um, yep. But yeah, it's worth checking out. I, I had wanted to check it out when I started seeing the commercials for it. So that'll be yeah. Good. Well, if you have some time, you can. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll watch. I'll keep watching. I think it's only got uh, ten episodes. Um, I think the season's only ten episodes long, maybe. Okay. 
but yeah. And I do have one news item. I have a few news items. I, I didn't watch Dark Gently this week, by the way. That's why I didn't talk about it. I'm saving it up because it was late on Saturday and Sunday I spent the entire day playing Skyrim, so. Nice. Yeah. Oh, and I'm two episodes back on Supernatural now because I still can't bring myself to watch the one with Hitler in the pocket watch. <laughs> And where you're not watching it, I'm just not going to worry about uh, stressing out about it. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is the only bit of move news I have is that uh, new TV show coming to the air September 2017, Marvels and Humans. Yeah. And it's apparently the first two episodes are going to air on the IMAX. Yeah. It's I- like – but it seems like it's going to be – they're going to be edited to like one long episode or one movie. But then when they air on TV two weeks later as individual episodes, there's going to be stuff edited back into it. Yeah, and they said that they're shooting every episode with IMAX cameras. Yeah, and what, cha- what networks are going to be on? FX? Is it? I thought it was ABC. It's uh, got to well, be ABC. I, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, it is ABC. But rumor is it's going to replace Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I think you can throw that rumor away because okay. this one is going to focus on the royal family. This is Black Bolt and Medusa and Lockjaw, all the original Inhumans that created their society. Not the not the Shangri-La that we saw in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the real comic book Inhumans. So is this going to take place in the past then? Uh as far as I know, it's going to take place in the current time period. Because huh. originally they were supposed to have an Inhumans movie. It was on the slate. And then when Spider-Man showed up, they kind of juggled things around and then they took it off there. And then they saw – Yeah, the, I saw that. Yeah, and then Inhumans started showing up on S.H.I.E.L.D. And they were like, well, are they not going to have a movie now? And it looks like huh. this is going to replace that movie. Okay. So All I right. think it's supposed to be modern times. But it would be a nice kind of – bridge between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe we'd get some crossovers there, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I don't think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to go anywhere. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I'm happy about that. I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. It, it keeps getting better yeah. each season, I think. I know we talked about it last week, but, you know, uh, rumors of uh, Ghost Rider getting his own um, Netflix series. Mm-hmm. And then I read something else about uh, Jeremy Renner talking about Hawkeye getting his own Netflix series, perhaps. I thought he retired. Which I would not be as keen on a Hawkeye series as I am as a Daredevil – I mean um, Ghost Rider series. But ultimately, I'm just – I'm salivating for the Punisher series. (laughs) Yep. I can't wait for that. That's going to be phenomenal. I I already feel like it's going to be phenomenal. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. What um, else you got for news? Uh, Marina Baccarin is going to be joining another procedural law show. She signed on to be a major character in that, which could mean that Lee is going away permanently on Gotham. That's cool. I, I know you're crying. It's okay. Yeah. Your favorite exactly. character. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you noticed this, but just didn't say anything about it in your notes, but Jackie Chan got an honorary Oscar this past oh, week. Yes, he did. He basically got a longevity award. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what it comes down to. It wasn't at the Oscar ceremonies. They handed out four awards, and they were essentially like for basically like, wow, you've been doing this for such a long time. Yeah. 
And honestly, like you've seen Jackie Chan's movies. None of them are going to win Oscars. No, no, no. Because he's a, his, even his, his dramatic roles even aren't that dramatic. Right. But they were basically recognizing the fact that he's brought an awful lot to the cinema, that he's done a lot for Asian American cinema, blah, blah, blah. He has, uh, I mean, he has won like the, the equivalent, the Hong Kong equivalent of an Oscar, mm-hmm. but it wasn't for acting. It was for like original song. Or oh, wow. <laughs> cinematography or something like that. Because he's a singer, too. Like, a right. lot of his movies, he sings the song to the movies. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So, But good for him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm a big Jackie Chan fan. Yeah. You know, it's not a secret. Um, and then this was just a fun little piece of info. But it turns out that James Gunn, when he wrote Guardians of the Galaxy 2, he wrote everything. Of course, we all know now. We've all seen the the uh, news stories and everything, but he wrote everything around Ego, the living planet. And yeah. he was really excited and he had the whole script and he had everything all worked out. And then he went to them and Kevin Feige said, that's great. We don't own Ego. Fox does. And he was like, oh, well, what am I going to do? I've kind of written everything around that. Well, at the same time, it turns out that Fox really wanted to have Negasonic Teenage Warhead for Deadpool. And Marvel owned her. So oh. they ended up doing a little trade, said, hey, we'll give you the rights to Ego, and you give us the rights to Negasonic, and that's how those both came to be. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a fun little fact I, I found. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And the only other thing was I watched a trailer for the new animated DC movie, Justice League Dark. Oh, that's supposed to be the rated R one, right? Yes. The the trailer was rated R. I don't know why. I, I think that oh, was it was a red band. R. It wasn't a red band, but it said this is rated R. So I oh. think that they just meant the movies rated R. Yeah. But yeah. every news site was like, "Here's the R-rated trailer." I'm like, "No, well, it's the trailer for the R-rated movie." News sites are stupid, and it's just because it deals with some dark stuff. You know, yeah. it's it's magic. So it's Zatanna and uh, Swamp Thing and John Constantine and uh, some of the darker aspects of the world. Right. I assume that they've had this going for a while before Doctor Strange came out, but it is a little coincidental that we just got Doctor Strange introducing magic and now we've got an animated DC movie that is all about magic. Yeah. Well, you know, DC's always done very well on their animated movies, so I imagine yes. this will be good. It looks good. I watched the whole trailer and I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'll sit down and watch this. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Well, well, we've given you, we've given you a lot of stuff to think about this week. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess that's it for us. Yeah. Cool. I think it's a good place to stop. I agree with you. I agree with you. So, okay, all right. <laughs> I just got a, a text code from Redbox saying I can take a dollar twenty-five off any one-night rental at Redbox today. Um, they're a dollar fifty. <laughs> so you get a right? quarter. You know what I mean? Like they're a dollar fifty. <laughs> just seems redundant. That's all. Anyhow. Uh, <laughs> So thanks for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, or your own opinion, please reach out to us on the Facebook. I'm at Superstar on the Facebook page, which is at uh, What Did You Watch, or on the Twitter at What Did You Watch, and I'm at Superstar ML. That was a 
big old cluster of. <sighs> I've been up a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I fumbled. That's it. That's all right. That's what I'm going with. Cool. Uh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at the Quantum Geek G33K. Yeah. So there you go. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>